Um, it's just another quick announcement. It might affect you next Sunday if you're coming in the night service, but certainly in the, night, in the morning service, we have what we call the Botanic to Bridge Fun Run happening in Gladstone along Glen Line Street. And it runs from the road here, just in this roundabout section right through the middle of town, will be blocked off from 5am till 10am, or about that time. So if you're planning on next Sunday morning coming, you might just have to plan your travels to get around that, okay, to church. Is that cool? Brilliant. You know, we're just going to share around the communion tonight and, uh, and just uh, be thankful, as the theme seems to be tonight, to his faithfulness. So we're going to ask Jeff to come and do that. Thanks, Jeff. Well, this morning as I was listening to Pastor James talk about the Italy trip and Rome and where Paul went, and I just had a couple of photos I wanted to share with you also, just about um, went to Israel at Easter time this year. It's an amazing experience, but I just wanted to tie it in with communion because sometimes we forget the enormity of what happened. And when you're standing there, I've got a, a slide of Golgotha, the place of the skull, and we've got a picture of, it um, doesn't look evil, the eyes, nose, and mouth. That is in the rock face there when you turn up, and that looks... Pretty bad, doesn't it? Like a skull. And there's that pure evil element to when Jesus died because the devil thought he'd won, didn't he? And, you know, we're here tonight to celebrate communion together as a body. And sometimes it's a solemn occasion, but sometimes it can also be a joy and a celebration of like, this is something that God did for us. See that photo there, the camels walking past? You know, we often imagine it's a romantic scene of some cross on the hillside, where they put the cross, people would walk past and spit on them. This is Roman brutality that Jesus went through. And as you're standing there in that place, you're overwhelmed, you know, by just what God did and, and what he went through for us. And it sinks into a new level. So, I mean, I recommend any, any Christian believer to some point in their lifetime to do on a trip to the Holy Land, Israel. It's the most supernatural place on earth you can visit. And um, on a couple of the other pictures, there's um, the garden tomb. Now, like um, Pastor James said this morning, you know, you can't say it's 100% the exact, but they found a tomb near the skull and it could have been the one. And you walk in there and have a look and there's another slide of what it looks like inside. It's cold, stone, dark, it's not pleasant, it's not romantic. But you notice there's nothing in there in that tomb, eh? Jesus is risen. And I mean, I sat there and I shed a tear and it's not a tear, I guess, of sadness. It's like you're in the place where Jesus did something so incredible for us and that overwhelming sense of he, lo he really loves me, that he would... <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Every time, I <laughs> Every time before I went on this trip, I just almost tear up just thinking about it because I mean of all the places you can go in the world you stand there it's in a garden tomb you know it's um, just the power of what he did and, and you know tonight we, we remember that we just we take some juice and we take some bread and it's only representative and there's another slide that shows the upper room you know this is this is the same room where Jesus was the night with the disciples when he was betrayed and he sat there and had the Last Supper. This is where he said those words, you know, take, eat, do it in remembrance. It was in that room. It's the same room where the Holy Spirit fell at the day of Pentecost. It's an amazing place to visit. And um, it just, it sinks in and overwhelms you. It is overwhelming. 
And I just wanted to read a little bit of um, Psalm 91 because this came on my heart today. Um, you know, Isaiah 53 also talks about by stripes we're healed and we are healed. Um, you know, when I sat in the place where um, Jesus got scourged and whipped and his flesh was torn off him, um, I had another shed of tear there. There's a lot of crying on these trips. But God just, I, I believe, spoke to me at that point and he said, Hebrews 12, 24, that, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And there's a verse in Scripture, you know, Abel's blood cried out for justice because Cain killed him. But Jesus' blood also speaks, and it speaks of freedom and life. It's an amazing word that his blood speaks. Isn't that incredible that his blood... We have that old song, the blood cries out, it is finished. And it's true. But also in Psalm 91, and I just want to read a little bit of that. It says, Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, this is why Jesus did it. And from the perilous pestilence. I looked up pestilence and it means like virus disease. Surely God will deliver us from this. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll take refuge. His truth will be a shield. You, know, you shan't be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Isn't that amazing? No plague will come near our dwelling, for he gives his angels charge over you. So I guess I realised that why Jesus did all that, it was the joy set before him endured the cross. It was for us, for our freedom, for our total ability to be a son and daughter of a king. So tonight as we, um, as we take the bread, I just invite you just to remember what he did for us and those, that place in Israel that it happened and why it happened and may he just draw us closer to him tonight and may we realise tonight that Lord you did it by the stripes we are healed God and tonight we might be sick we might be down there might be something oppressing us but God tonight we thank you for that freedom and the victory at the cross we thank you for it Lord God you overcome death that you're not in that cold dark tomb you walked out of there, Lord Jesus. We thank you for it. So tonight, just take that, that representative piece of what Jesus' body was tonight and just eat and drink. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, can we just sing that one more time? Yeah? Come on, Kate. I am. 
Father, we thank you tonight for the reality of that truth. And it's because of what you've done, Jesus, in your death and then your resurrection, that we can be called children of God, that we can have the forgiveness of sins and that we can have a hope and a future. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Thanks, guys. Oh, have we done the offering? Yeah, we've done the offering. (laughs) There's a song that we were singing tonight, and um, it just talked about the faithfulness of God. And um, I just wanted to talk to you about that incredible faithfulness that God has towards you and me tonight. And I'm not quite sure what level of faithfulness you, you, you realize that God has towards you, or maybe you don't think about it at all, which is understandable, but... Sometimes we only think of God's faithfulness when we're in need of his faithfulness, in need of his help, in need of his support. So I just want to turn your attention to a verse in the Old Testament, and a couple of verses, Lamentations chapter 3, and then verse 22 and 23, and I want to read those verses to you. Some of you are familiar with this verse, and it just says this. Lamentations chapter 3, it says this, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your what? Faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness towards you. His mercies are new every morning. Isn't it interesting that God every morning renews his grace and love and mercy towards us? Every morning. We don't ask for that. Uh, we don't probably even deserve it. But he does it anyway. Uh, I think we need it. I think we need it. Uh, because unfortunately, well... Maybe, but we're not perfect beings, are we? We're not, we haven't got this, this incredible perfection about us. There's things that happen and slip up and we miss. And, and the Bible actually calls it just sin, doesn't it? But we need his mercies and his forgiveness. And it just says his, his faithfulness just isn't faithfulness. His faithfulness is incredibly great. Incredibly great, his faithfulness towards us. And, and, and it's interesting because the word faithfulness means many things, but one of the things that it does mean is it means this, unchangingly fixed. Unchangingly fixed. Can you think of the things in your life that are unchangingly fixed? And when you really think about it, there's not too many things that are actually not, um, that, that are not moving or changing all the time. They're going to be changing. I was, um, some time ago, I went on a fishing trip off Gladstone, right out to sea, out past the islands. And I got to a point, and the guy who was running the boat had what we call a GPS or global positioning system. And on the dash of his boat. And he knew where to fish. He'd fished in certain spots. But it's interesting. He didn't kind of say to me, well, here's the wave that was here last year. This is where we'll stop right now. And this is where we'll fish because you catch fish here. Because the truth is that wave is different every moment, every second, every minute. Those waves change. It's not like he kind of pointed to a cloud in the sky and says, well, there's the cloud that we fish under because clouds change. It's a bit like your life and my life. There's changing circumstances all the time. Nothing's unchangingly fixed, really. But the interesting thing is, he looked at his GPS, he looked at these things called longitude and latitudinal points, and he says, this is the point where we're going to fish, because right under here is a, is a coral reef, and this is where you can catch fish. He knew from the, 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 the GPS that this is the point. And you know what? God's like a, a GPS, 
he is unchangingly fixed. Because all over the face of this earth, there's lines, longitude and latitude lines, which aren't visible, they're imaginary, but they're fixed points. And from those points, ships are able to navigate. Planes are able to fly uh, and, and, and um, you know, navigate the planes. It's interesting, isn't it? It's amazing. And you know what? While your world is changing, God is unchanging. He's the one thing that we can, we can depend on him. He's the one thing that's faithful. He's the one thing that's always there. Because you know what? My age has changed. I'm getting older every second. By the time you walk out of that door tonight, you'll be um, an hour and a half or whatever older. Have you thought about it? You're always changing. Something's always changing. We, we, we can't stop the aging process. It's changing, isn't it? We're getting older. We're getting more wrinklier, I suppose. A lot of things are happening. It's inevitable that that will happen. We'll get older. It's inevitable that, that things in our life will continue to um, to change, you'll change jobs, you'll change schools over your lifetime. Those things will change. It's inevitable that it's, sometimes it's going to rain on your party. It's inevitable. Things happen that you don't want to happen. It's inevitable that the best made plans will not always happen how you wanted them to happen because things change. Things don't always remain static, but they get dynamic and moving and, and all the time. But there is one thing that is inevitable, and that is that you can, you've got a God that's faithful. As much as everything else will change, he is faithful, unchangingly fixed, unchangingly fixed. And David, uh, you remember King David? He was the young man who killed Goliath with a sling and a stone and then grew up to be an incredible king in Israel. And he said this, Psalm 37 verse 3, he says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. David writes these words and if you know anything of David's life, he knew about the faithfulness of God. He went through incredible cruelty, unjust treatment. Uh, of course, if you're aware that he was chased by his father-in-law who wanted to murder him for some 10 years, a whole decade of his life, he was, a, he, he was a, a, an enemy of the state and uh, unjustly treated. Uh, lost his wife, they took his wife from him, he lost his family. And yet David says, feed on God's faithfulness. Because he knew there was nothing else in the world that he could rely on except God's faithfulness to him. He lived a life that said, everything else is changing, but my God isn't. And I love that. And, and David says, you know, God's faithfulness, it's like food to your life. It'll sustain you. If you can, you can lock into that understanding of how faithful God is in the difficult times, you'll know when you know he's faithful still. It can feed you. It can sustain you. When nothing else will in life. It can sustain you. We need food every day. We eat every day, unless you're fasting, of course. It sustains you. And just like that, the faithfulness of God can sustain your inner person. Can sustain your inner person. It's, David says, come on, you've got to feed on that. You can, you can live off that stuff. So I just thought for a moment, I want to give you three things about God's faithfulness tonight. That we, 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 not only tonight, just need to have a little understanding. We need to understand that's how we actually live and breathe and have our being tonight because of his faithfulness to us. In actual fact, we're here tonight because of his faithfulness. Whether we acknowledge him or not, he is incredibly, he gives us breath to live. Um, we are his creation. But number one, he says he's unchangingly fixed in some very distinct areas in Scripture. And he says, I'm unchangingly fixed in my willingness to help us defeat temptation. 
you may say, well, is that necessary? Do I really need that? Yeah, yeah you do. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, remember that the temptation that comes into your life, this is the New Living Translation, are no different from, what other, from other experiences. And God is what? Faithful. God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. And when you attempt it, he will show you a way out so that you'll not have to give in. He wants you to come out of it and not go into it. And God is faithful to be with us in the midst of life. Because in the midst of everyday life, there's always a temptation to say or do or think or go some way that just isn't quite right, isn't there? There's always opportunity. It's always amazed me how easy the te- when, there's a, when there's a little temptation pop up, how easy it is to indulge. It just seems to be like the chocolate just lands in the fridge so easily. It just seems to be that it happens so easily. And you've got to work at saying, no, I don't need it, or I don't need to see that, or I don't need to listen to that, or I don't need to think that, or I don't need to do that. Sometimes It's just so easy, but the interesting temptation never gives up trying to pull us into a destructive activities. Never gives up. You might say, I, I just God, take temptation away. You know, that's probably never going to happen. He, he just wants you, the temptation is not going to be taken away. He just wants you to become stronger because he wants to build something in your life. And God says, you know what? I'm faithful in this area because I'll not let you be tempted beyond your ability to remain firm. And he says, I'll even give you a way out when the temptation arrives. I've just come to the understanding that I've got to make a decision whether I, if, you know, sometimes what happens is temptation comes along and Really, secretly in my heart, I want to do that, or I want to say that, or I want to look at that. And you've got to make a decision beforehand. Am I looking for a way in, or am I really looking for a way out? Because if I'm looking for a way out, God will provide for it. But we've got to make a decision, hey, I don't need to go there. And you've got to say, I don't want to go there. I don't need to go there. Young men who want to stray, who want to stay away from drugs, maybe, and he and he goes back, and he knows to go back will just send him on a downward spiral, you know. Just some analogies that maybe you can identify with. Maybe the employer, employee who has some financial debt, and he could so easily fix the books and just electronically transfer some money into his account, and nobody would know. In the short term, anyway. But he knows it's not the right thing to do. The young woman is under pressure to sleep with her boyfriend, but knows it'll bring such regret and heartache. Or, the, or maybe the divorced man or the divorced woman who, who constantly tempted to just have another drink to dull the pain of their separation and the pain and hurt of what happened in their relationship. You know, there's temptations and, and that are always there. And, and the reality is, is that, um, you know, there are things that we've got to say, you know what? God says, I'm faithful to show you a way out. You've just got to want to get out. You've just got to want to make the opportunity. You've, you've got no one to, you don't need to go in. You need to come out. You know, I had a little uh, dog called uh, Zach. He was a fox terrier some years ago. And Zach, um, uh, him and I used to have this little uh, game we used to play at feed time. We'd put, I'd put his bowl down. I'd put his food in his bowl. And, um, and I wouldn't let him eat it. And he wouldn't touch the food until I gave him the command to come. He was well trained. And I often used to look at him and I thought, how does he do it? I could wait up to two or three minutes and he wouldn't touch the food until I said, come. He was a good little foxy. Um, and then I, and I thought, how does he have such self-control? <laughs> it's so, so close. He's like inches from the food and he won't touch it. And I realized Zach's whole approach to this thing, to not look at the food, look at me. 
He always used to look at me. He'd sit there, leaning forward over the food, looking at me. And it wasn't until I said, come, that he would indulge. And, you know, often as Christians, I think God says, I'm faithful. I'm there all the time. I don't run away when you're tempted. You know, I'm there with you. And he says, if you only take your eyes off that which is tempting, you'll find it will not become as as, as exciting and and indulging and inviting to indulge in. He says, if you just keep your eyes on a greater source, and that's me. And often that's what we need to in those times of temptation. God is faithful to be there. And he says, I'll make a way of escape. I'm faithful to you because he knows we live on an earth and in a world that continually throws things at us that just want to put us in a a downward spiral of destruction and temptation is the gateway for that and he says would you just keep your eyes on me don't look at the temptation don't it because the more you look at it the more that it seems like it's it's something that you want to do he says keep your eyes on something bigger than that and and just like my Zach, he used to just keep his eyes on me. And until I said, come, he never indulged. And you know what? We keep our eyes on something greater than the temptation. And you'll find you never have to indulge in it. God is faithful, isn't he? Number two, God is faithful because he is willing. Do you know something that is so foundational to our belief tonight? And we wouldn't be able to live in. Jeff has already kind of uh, mentioned it. But is God's willingness to forgive us. He says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is what faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, that's a scripture some of us probably know and quote from memory. But, you know, how many times do we realize and are thankful for the faithfulness of God? Because it is a terrible uh, life to live in shame and guilt all the time with the weight of sin upon our shoulders. Oh, I've blown it again or I do this, I've done that, I'm not good enough, I'll never succeed, I'm a terrible parent, I'm a terrible this or whatever it may be. Don't listen to the lie, don't live with the guilt and shame because we have a faithful God who forgives us and lifts the load from our shoulders. He is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to love. He is faithful. His mercies are what? New every morning. Um, it's important that we know that, that God is faithful. Um, we, we continually need his help. We continually need his unchanging, uh, unchanging ability to lift the load of sin as we come and confess. He is faithful to forgive. Um, some people go through life trying to suppress their sin, just push it further down. But really, it creates emotional trauma and struggles and issues for them. Some people just deny it altogether. But once again, it wants to surface sometime. There's only one way to be free of their sin and the guilt of it, and that is to bring it to Christ and say, Father, forgive me. I surrender it to you, and I need your mercy and forgiveness. He says, it's gone. (laughs) And with that can come the lifting of the guilt and the shame of the past. So powerful. Because guilt and shame creates so much struggle, emotional turmoil within people's lives. They live in regret. We don't need to live in regret. God is faithful to forgive. How faithful is God? <laughs> Incredible. You know, um, it, says that, it says in the scriptures that the blood of Christ, uh, and once again, Jeff intimated, it, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that wonderful? You know, I come to, I come to God I probably every day and I say, Father, I just sorry about that and I just repent. I don't live in some kind of woe is me attitude, but I just am open and try to be transparent with my God and say, Father, forgive me. I've blown it there. And there's things that I don't remember that I've done wrong. But you know what? He's faithful. It's always the hard attitude that he looks at. 
He sees what's inside you. And he says, you know, I, I'll forgive all your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I, was, um, I learned a lesson in my apprenticeship days. Uh, of course, before I was married, I, um, I had to do my own washing, my own laundry. And I used to throw all my clothes in a pile in the corner of the room. I know that none of you would do this, but just I would. So I used to throw, and they all used to get knotted up and just, and they were dirty. And, and, and so I lived in the house by myself for a little while. And I picked, one day I picked up the, the bundle of clothes and I just simply put it straight in the washing machine, put the laundry detergent and just shut the lid. Came back that afternoon and I found as I pulled it out, there was a knotted ball of clothing. And as I started to pull it out, part, it hadn't washed inside the clothes at all. It was just still coal dust where I worked at the power station in Greece and you know the outside was clean but the inside was just a knotted mess and actual fact that it just made it worse it was gooey and lumpy and yucky and and I thought nothing has someone needs to hop in again uh, TNZ it was just a terrible mess of clothing and I thought my goodness washing machines are supposed to sort this problem out that's what they're for I realized that what you're going to do is you're going to pull the clothes apart and put them one at a time is that true I know that now. But you know, sometimes what happens is our, our sin can become like that. It's just a bundle, tangled mess of stuff that we, we, we fail to sit. We fail to actually, we fail to, act, thanks buddy, it's right. Shh. We fail to actually address the individual things of everyday life sometimes on a regular basis. And, and sometimes we just allow it build up and build up and build up. And says, God says he is faithful every day. His mercies are new. That's why His mercies are new in 24 hours. Because we need the mercies of God every day. And He says, I'm faithful to forgive you every day. You know, it just says we're to walk in the light. And it means to walk in the way of disclosure. And it means to work, walk in the way of, of transparency. It means to walk in the way of just being totally open. And, and uh, I love what it says because it says that the Greek word, the word to confess, if we confess our sins, is faithful. It's the Greek word uh, homogen. And the word means to agree. In other words, it means to agree with our God about where we failed. And it, 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 confess means to agree with God. God, this is the area. This is the area of failed. This is the area that I've, I've blown it. And it means it's to come in agreement with our Father. When we do, it's amazing how much He cleanses us from our past. He is faithful. He is faithful. And we've got to sometimes humbly just bow to Him. Uh, humility. Uh, give up our proud thoughts and acknowledge Him and agree with Him. And the confession is to agree. It brings release. It brings peace. It brings joy. And he is an unchangingly fixed, faithful God to forgive us. Here's the last one. He is unchangingly fixed in his willingness to be faithful to you even when we are not faithful. I love this. See, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, in other words, we, 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 for a moment we have little faith or we turn our back on God in some way, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And here's the point. God can't deny his own creation. He can't deny that he's created us. He can't walk away from you. He can't turn. He'll never turn his back on you. He won't go, you know, I've had enough of you. You're just blowing it too many times. You know, 70 times 7 kind of forgiveness. <laughs> and, and that's just it. I've run out of forgiveness. No, he never will. He is always faithful to us. Always faithful to us.
God will not deny us. He'll in our struggle. He, he uh, even though we think, well, what can I, you know? Is God going to be there? He will always be there. He doesn't approve of what we do. He doesn't. He doesn't try to you know, even accept it. But he'll never uh, deny you. He'll never turn his back on you. He is patient with us. He acknowledges us, and he wants us to draw near to him. And that's why he's always faithful to us. He doesn't cast us off. He doesn't turn his back in our moments of doubt and despair. I'm thankful for that. You know, I love the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. You know, Jonah was swallowed by the whale. Jonah gave God, um, God gave Jonah a commission, go to Nineveh. That, that city needs to hear the message of, um, of God and repent from what they're doing. They're wicked. And Jonah said, no way. He jumped on a ship, went the other direction. You know the story. And, all that, and as that ship turned away from God and as he sailed in his own way, the, the, the storm blew, blew up. It was a horrific storm. The, the ship was, of course, uh, possibly going to um, sink. And Jonah says, I believe this is my problem. I've caused this. Throw me overboard. Reluctantly, the sailors threw him overboard. And the sea calmed and everybody was right on the ship. But Jonah was sinking to the bottom. And you know, Jonah had turned his back on God. He, he, he hadn't acknowledged. He just wanted to walk away from God. And yet God never, never turned his back on Jonah. He sent a fish along, swallowed him. And in the belly of that fish was enough oxygen for him to survive for three days. I'd repent in the belly of a fish, wouldn't you? <laughs> and he gave thanks to God, and God sent that fish, spat him up on the shore, and then Jonah went and completed his mission that God had given him. I just think God is so faithful, even when we are not faithful to him. He won't deny us. He won't, he won't ignore us. He won't turn his back on us. So tonight, Musos, can you come? And I want to uh, just, uh, you know, God is faithful in the areas of us defeating temptation. God is faithful to forgive us. I think that's so important. And is faithful even when we deny him. He is faithful. He is faithful. You know, the Holy Spirit is right here. And he's speaking to your heart, doing something in your life. And I want us just to, for a moment, as we finish this service tonight, just to be, I think it's been incredible worship tonight. I just, I don't know. God just is here. He wants to do things in lives. And I think we should just for a moment as we sing this last song, just worship again and just thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for his faithfulness. And you know, okay, can we stand guys? Thank you team. Father, I just need to faithfully lay my life before you again. And just to, in this moment where you stand, you could just say, Father, I just disclose. I just give you that, that stuff that I don't need in my life. That guilt and that shame, I hand it over tonight to you. I pass it on. I don't need to live with that anymore. Father, I pray tonight as we would just stand here, Holy Spirit, that as we confess, it says, confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin. We just give it over tonight, not for us to be burdened anymore, but to be free, to be whole, and to know Your faithfulness for forgiveness tonight. I thank You. Father, maybe where we've sometimes just had little, very little faith tonight, I pray that as we just spend this time in worship, that You would, Father, reinstate that You are a faithful God to us and You love us and You draw us nearer to You again. 
Father, I thank You for that. Holy Spirit, have Your way in hearts and lives as we come before You, Father God. Thank You, Lord. Maybe we're facing some temptations, Father, and we thank You that You're faithful and just to make a way of escape. Help us this week to say no to that stuff that just wants to destroy us and say yes to You, Lord, to get the bigger picture. You're much better. You're much bigger than that. So we thank You tonight. Come on. Let's just take that moment tonight before we close. Thank You, Lord, my life. You have been faithful. Tomorrow morning. What about on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Why don't you get up and say, God, I just thank You for Your goodness because He is, hey? Have a great week. Encourage someone. Obviously, tomorrow's a day off, so... uh, That's why we're missing a few people, but that's cool. You're here. So have a great uh, evening, a great day off tomorrow this week. We'll see you. Bye-bye.